I, I do not view abortion as a, uh, um, as a choice and a right. I think it's always a tragedy. And I think that uh, it should be uh, rare and safe. And I think we should be focusing on how to limit the number of abortions. And they ought to be able to have a common ground and consensus as to do that. I think the vast majority of the American people think that can be done. Um, but unfortunately, we're put in a position to either eliminate abortions under all circumstances or it's, quote, abortion on demand. The fact of the matter is I've never known of a woman having an abortion and say, by the way, I feel like having an abortion. It's always a tragic decision made, always a difficult decision. All right, people, how you doing? Uh, there's a lot going on today. I thought that maybe today there wouldn't be a lot going on. Was feeling good after yesterday. Hadn't been in studio for two weeks. Did a thick show. I even showed you. It was the thickest stack of paper I had ever had. It was our longest show ever yesterday. Had a big day being back here at home, dealing with some stuff. Uh, about nine o'clock yesterday, watching the, uh, the Seinfeld on Netflix. It was the, uh, the ugly baby episode. It's feeling good about life. And uh, then my phone starts blowing up. Roe v. Wade, people. <laughs> we got a big one for you. It's May 3rd, 2022. I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report Direct Message. We are live streaming on Rumble, YouTube, and Blaze TV. Uh, subscribe over on the Rumble channel if you have not already. And yeah, there is a lot going on. That little cold open that we just showed you there, that was uh, Joe Biden back in 2006 when he was obviously a lot sharper than he is at the moment. And not only sharper, I would say more moderate, more sensible, uh, and trying to deal with the complex issue in a roughly honest way. The reason we wanted to do that as the cold open was because he did say one particular word in there uh, that I thought was interesting because he said the word right. And he said that he, this is Joe Biden back in 2006, did not believe that abortion was a right. That's what he just said. You can rewind it after the live stream if you want, um, which is sort of interesting because obviously Roe v. Wade was about making abortion a federal right. Now, maybe he just slightly misspoke there. Uh, but today what I'm going to try to do is calmly explain what Roe v. Wade is, what this decision that appears to be coming to fruition because the decision was leaked, which is another huge problem related to all this, uh, what this all means and, and what has been happening state by state anyway. And all of this in many ways fits so well with uh, this thing right over here that I've been telling people about that we don't wanna burn this country, we don't wanna burn all of our institutions, that if you don't get what you want, it doesn't give you the right to upend the entire system, destroy the branches of government, destroy the systems that have worked pretty well for 250 years, the systems that have expanded freedoms to more people over time, and that we should be able to honestly discuss the most difficult things and I would say abortion in many cases is right at the top of that list. I mean, is there anything that brings out the emotion, all of the, the existential issues, the philosophical issues, the political issues, the religious issues, is there anything that does it more than abortion? And can good people on, be on both sides of this issue uh, and still talk about it? It's getting harder and harder to do that with literally everything, much less something that is uh, about life and death. So I'm going to try to do that here and uh, we will see how I do. That is not for me to decide. That will be 
uh, for you to decide. Uh, but real quick, if you haven't picked up the book yet, we go into this. Like we go into all of this stuff. You can go to daverubin.com slash book and pick up a copy. And of course, I'm heading back out on tour uh, next week. There's, I think, 10 tickets left uh, for the Brea show uh, with Dennis Prager. There's a couple left for Larry Elder and Oxnard. Almost all of them are basically sold out at this point, but a couple of seats in each one. Douglas Murray in San Jose. Blake Masters and Charlie Kirk will be joining me in Phoenix. Brian Callen in Denver. And then the big one, uh, which we announced yesterday, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis will be joining me on June 2nd in Orlando, in Disney country, as they call it, at the Plaza Live. You can go to daverubin.com slash events uh, and pick up some tickets. So, okay, so it's gonna be a big show. I promise, I'm gonna do everything I can. Like, we really went through it this morning. Like, how can we do this honestly and decently so that people, when they watch the program today, will be able to have a conversation either at work or at the dinner table or with the crazy person on the street and explain the issues honestly. So that's what we are gonna do today. Uh, real quick, guys, I wanna talk to you about bullion max. You know, as inflation surpasses highs not seen in 40 years, the value of the dollar is decreasing with every passing day. You're paying more at the pump, at the grocery store, for cars and for housing. Face it, paper money is just worth less. Friends, the time couldn't be better for my new sponsor, Bullion Max. Bullion Max is a direct-to-consumer precious metals retailer who can help you diversify into gold and silver. It's a hedge against inflation. It's also security for your family in times of crisis. And here's why I love Bullion Max. They're owned by veterans in the precious metal space, offer some of the lowest prices on the internet, and they make it so easy to buy directly from their website. I wanna help you guys get started, so I worked out a special deal with them just for you. Go to Bullion Max, you can get Bullion Max's silver starter kit at employee pricing. Just go to bullionmax.com Dave. This kit includes five of the most desirable silver products to invest in, including a silver American Eagle and a silver Australian Kangaroo. This offer is limited to just one per household, so get yours now. Go to bullionmax.com Dave. And now back to me. Okay, so let's just do the nuts and bolts stuff of what happened last night. Got some quotes here from the Daily Wire. Late on Monday evening, May 2nd, Politico broke a world-shattering story. It posted an exclusive leak of a purported majority opinion in Dobbs versus Mississippi, 2022, the case considering whether or not Roe v. Wade from 1973, which created out of whole cloth a right to abortion, ought to be overruled. The majority opinion was written by Justice Samuel Alito. It rejected in totality both Roe and the entire chain of cases following therefrom, including Planned Parenthood versus Casey from 92. Uh, and the draft decision states, it is time to heed the constitution and return the issue of abortion to the people's elected representatives. This is what the constitution and the rule of law demand. The draft opinion, which is almost certainly authentic, it reads just like Justice Alito and utterly dismantles the legal non-reasoning of Roe and Casey, would amount to a reversion of all abortion law to the state level where it originally resided. As the decision concludes, abortion presents a profound moral question. The Constitution does not prohibit the citizens of each state from regulating or prohibiting abortion. Roe and Casey arrogated that authority. We now overrule those decisions and return that authority to the people and their elected representatives. Okay, so let's do some basic 101 stuff here because a lot of people 
and our very, very negligent media is going to be telling you that this makes abortion illegal all over the country. That is simply not what it does. Before Roe v. Wade, before that decision in 1973, abortion was left up to the state. So the state legislatures could decide. The people would vote for their politicians and then the states would make decisions related to abortion. Roe v. Wade eventually made it to the Supreme Court and that decision made abortion a federal right, meaning the states could not outlaw abortion. From beat one, when it came to Roe v. Wade, there were even pro-choice people who felt that this was not a sound decision, meaning that it is not in the purview of the federal government. There is nothing in the constitution that says that the federal government has the right to tell the states what to do regarding abortion. There's just nothing in there that says it. So there were even pro-choice activists that said that. Okay, so that's one thing. So reversing this, assuming this is all true, and now it, it seemingly is coming out that this is all true, this leak, and I'll get to the leak in just a second. Um, all this does is kick abortion back to the state. So it is no longer federally mandated that it has to be legal. Now, what's interesting about that, and I often talk about the experiment of the United States of America, right? That there's this ongoing experiment where states decide to do different things. And some states, say Florida, have no income tax. Some states like California have high income tax. Some states have different laws related to policing or education or a series of other things. So there's this constant experiment going on in America, this beautiful experiment related to freedom. And you can decide if you wanna live in a certain place related to whether it fits in line with how you wanna live your life. That is a beautiful thing. And it's something that most places, virtually no other Western nation has it the way we have it. I assure you the people of Canada, the people in Western Canada would love to have it so that not all the decisions uh, were coming out of the rest of the country, right? This is, this is something that allows people in a free nation of 350 million people like we have in America to all make decisions roughly freely. So just to be very, very clear, reversing Roe v. Wade is not making abortion legal. Now the states will decide what to do. Now what's interesting about this and what is so dangerous about what just happened because of it happening through a leak is the states have sort of been doing this anyway. Right here in Florida, they passed, Florida passed this, the state legislature passed a 15 week abortion ban. Now they couldn't pass a full abortion ban, nor do I think the people of Florida would have even wanted a full abortion ban, but they passed a 15 week abortion ban. Now there's four months, uh, there's four weeks in a month. And so that's over three months, right? It's three and a half months into a pregnancy. They said 15 weeks. That is, by my estimation, very fair. Now, we can get into all of the, the stuff about when life starts. And I can tell you as someone having kids right now, uh, there has to be a beginning to it. And the beginning basically is the sperm meets the egg, right? There, if there's a beginning, that's it. And then the question that we're really all debating is, are those in those first few weeks as you have cells just dividing and you can see it under a microscope, is that the same exact thing as say when you have the form of a human body, when you have a heartbeat, when you have brain activity, all of those things when the fetus can feel pain. Now we can all debate how we all feel about that. My personal belief, and this is just my personal belief, is that there is a difference between those first few weeks when cells are just dividing and there is no form versus perhaps when there's form, uh, heartbeat, et cetera, et cetera. But I get those are, those are personal beliefs. And I also think that in a, in a pluralistic society like we have in America, where you have people of all sorts of religions and beliefs and all sorts of things, 
uh, that you have to have some room on the margins and that's where it gets messy and that's what gets people so upset. Okay, so be it. But the point is that, one more time, to be totally clear, this is not making abortion illegal. And what is going to happen, assuming this is all going the way that it seems it's going, is that there will be states like California that will become abortion havens, right? They will have abortion parks in essence. That's what Gavin Newsom will want there. That's what the lefty people will want. And they'll want eight month abortions and nine month abortions and post-birth abortions. And they will welcome people to come there for abortions. I don't think there's actually gonna be many states that completely 100% outlaw abortion without exceptions. You know, talking about rape or health to the mother or you know, a fetus that is not uh, cannot be fully actualized, et cetera, et cetera. What I think you're gonna get are a bunch of red states that are gonna do something similar to what Florida just did. They will have reasonable, and again, it doesn't matter if you agree or not, something like roughly reasonable laws. So Texas may have something closer to say 10 weeks and Florida will have 15 weeks. And then within those weeks, they might have some exceptions related to health of the mother after that point, et cetera, et cetera. But this gives some level of choice, right? It's always the lefties that are saying that they're for choice, but ironically, this is where the choice is coming. So what's unfortunate about this, uh, this decision, because it's gonna become so polarizing and there's no doubt we're gonna see violence and wait till I get to some of the Democrats that wanna burn down the system now, is that it's sort of been happening. While no state could outlaw abortion, and personally, I think that is good. It is possible now that let's say, and I'm just picking one off the top of my head, let's say Alabama 100% bans abortion with no exceptions and everything else. Well, you can still go and get an abortion elsewhere. And all of the rich Hollywood celebrities that seemingly love abortion or think this is about women's rights or my body, my choice, which of course they didn't believe during uh, COVID vaccine mandates, uh, they can fund people to go to California and go elsewhere and get abortions. Now, I think over time that's gonna become a problem because as a bunch of rich lefties keep funding basically young black girls, 16 year old black girls on buses to come to Cali to get abortions, the optics of that may not be all that great. But the point is there will be choice. And I think there will be very few states that 100% outlaw it. But what will happen is states will make decisions for themselves, which is exactly how it was before 1973. And one more time, I say that as someone that is begrudgingly pro-choice, and I suspect that most of my audience is not. I, that would be my guess. I honestly, I'm not even totally sure. I can tell you that when I wrote Don't Burn This Book, the first book, that when I took the begrudging pro-choice uh, position, uh, that a lot of you wrote to me that you love the book and you just agree, disagreed with me about abortion, but you said, Dave, I still dig you and I'll still follow what you do and perhaps you'll come more my way over time or maybe I'll go your way over time, but probably not. But that's what it's all about. That's what America is all about. So, okay, that's sort of where we're at at the moment. Abortion is not illegal if this all goes through. Oh, and I should address the, um, the leak part of this. The, the fact that this was leaked either by one of the Supreme Court justices themselves or by a clerk, or if there was somehow a hack into the system at the Supreme Court, this is an absolutely extraordinary escalation of the sort of general damage that our society has right now. This is bad stuff. Um, if a Supreme Court justice intentionally leaked it, and uh, my guess is not that, that it probably was a clerk, right? It was probably one of the lefty clerks who works for one of the people, say Justice Sotomayor, who was unhappy with what was gonna happen. And then they leak it, and now we're gonna have weeks of sort of this craziness. Um, this is really bad news. You cannot be a clerk 
for a Supreme Court justice or a local judge or anything else and be leaking decisions before they have been announced. Like this person needs to be caught and fired and, and punished to the fullest extent of the law without question, but okay. So let's move on. So here we are at the moment where it looks like this is all legit and real. And what of course is this leading to? This is leading to the mainstream left, which has become the far left. There, there virtually are no decent liberals anymore. You, you know that well if you watch this program. Um, this has sort of exposed them for what they are. So here is Joy Reid over at the televised mental institution known as NBC. And of course, what did she retweet? Tomorrow would be a good day to expand the Supreme Court. So now you need to understand what they wanna do here. They did not get a decision that they like. When they get a decision they like, they're good to go and they believe in rule of law. When you don't get a decision that you like, you should upend everything. We should put more judges on who do what we want. This is the reverse of how a free society would work. We have three branches of government. I know AOC doesn't know them all, but we have the legislative branch, which, which writes laws. Uh, we have the executive branch, which signs them into law. And then we have the judicial branch, which reviews them and figures out what is legal and what is not. If you decide to just break down a branch because it doesn't do what you want and pack a court so you get more people who just think the way you think, then you're not for democracy, right? You're not for this entire experiment. Now, I don't think they're for this entire experiment. So actually, it's nice when they kind of tell you that they're not for it. Ilhan Omar, who also is not for this great American experiment, even though she's a first-generation Somali immigrant who has garnered extraordinary power and influence here in America, but just doesn't like the place very much. She said, overturning Roe would put the lives of women across the country at risk. It would fly in the face of decades of precedent and the overwhelming majority of public opinion, and they will not stop here, expand the court. So again, this expand the court meme, this is gonna be the big meme that they're going for. They are really gonna be pushing this idea. Can we just pack the court with people that we want? Can you pull the tweet up one more time? Because I wanna to get to the second part of what she said. Uh, she said the overwhelming majority of public opinion. I, I don't know that that's true. I actually don't know exactly what public opinion the overwhelming majority, that would sound like it was 65 or 70% of people that are pro-choice. It's usually, from what you can tell, it's, it's pretty close to 50-50. And then there's, you know, there's that little gray area in the middle in terms of when people are okay with abortion, when they're not, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, I, you know, but she's Ilhan Omar, so nothing she says is honest. Uh, and speaking of nothing being honest, here's AOC. Uh, as we've warned, SCOTUS isn't coming for abortion. They're coming for the right to privacy Roe rests on, which includes gay marriage and civil rights. Okay, that's complete nonsense. I'll get to the specifics of the nonsense in just a second. Um, but the court wrote, and Megyn Kelly, let's, let's pull it up right now. So Megyn Kelly actually highlighted uh, some of the decision uh, here and some of the, the words that Samuel Alito wrote himself. And the third part, that she highlighted there is the key part of all of this. Uh, it says, and to ensure that our decision is not misunderstood or mischaracterized, we emphasize that our decision concerns the constitutional right to abortion and no other right. Nothing in this opinion should be understood to cast doubt on precedents that do not concern abortion. In other words, if another case makes it up to the Supreme Court, they can't look at this case and say, this has anything to do with say gay marriage or civil rights or anything else. So there's no reason to believe that suddenly they're going to be coming for civil rights, that suddenly 
uh, you're going to have laws that stop black people from doing something or from gay people from doing something or anything else. Now, I can see already what's going to happen here, that there's going to be all of these people screaming about gay marriage. So let me just say a couple of things about the gay marriage thing. First off, if you remember before uh, June of 2015, when the Supreme Court decided the gay marriage case, um, it was happening across the states. Can, you, can we check on that? How many states had gay marriage passed already by the time the Supreme Court did it? I think it was 20 something states. Remember, if you remember that year, there were states that were just going ahead and doing it properly state by state by state. And then the Supreme Court got involved and said it is a federal right. Now the difference is that in the Supreme Court's decision on gay marriage, they talked about specific clauses in the Constitution that were the basis for the law, which Roe v. Wade did not have. Roe v. Wade just said, hey, it's a constitutional right to have an abortion. But in the case, it was Obergfell versus Hodges. And let's pull up some info from Cornell Law on gay marriage. Here's the exact info. Obergfell versus Hodges is a landmark case in which on June 26, 2015, June 26 is my birthday, by the way, the Supreme Court of the United States held in a 5-4 decision that state bans on same-sex marriage and on recognizing same-sex marriages duly performed in other jurisdictions are unconstitutional under the due process and equal protection clauses of the 14th Amendment to the United States Constitution. Meaning that in essence, because of equal protection and due process, that we have a system that exists, that there are laws that exist and all people are to be treated equally, uh, in this case, if you had been married in a state that allowed for gay marriage, that another state was going to have to recognize it. There was, there, it was based in something. Now, interestingly, thank you guys, 37 states had already made decisions through their own legislatures. Almost all the states had made their decisions on gay marriage before the SCOTUS ruling. Had SCOTUS the Supreme Court of the United States, obviously, had they not made the decision on gay marriage, gay marriage was, was happening and would have been basically probably 48 or maybe even 49 states. But the point is they are specifically saying in this decision, you cannot look at this decision and go to anything else. And what I'm trying to also add is that the decision on gay marriage was actually based on something. Again, equal protection clause uh, and equal protection under the law. So that... That is just one little calm piece of this, but I, I get it. Nobody's going to be calm about this, and I have no doubt that my haters are going to come for me on this one. Uh, but here is more from the mental institution known as MSNBC. Here is uh, Rachel Maddow on uh, the reaction. The substance of what this opinion says, as as Congressman Raskin was just explaining there, which appears to be a, a, a opening the door for bans on abortion without any limits. Yeah, so Rachel, everything I know about the court says to me that this opinion is le a legitimate, true opinion. It's not some sort of deep fake. It looks like a court opinion. It quacks like a court opinion. It talks like a Justice Alito opinion. And so I think what you've been saying is absolutely right. I mean, put most starkly, this is the hugest step back for women in decades, the hugest step back for reproductive justice in decades. Step back for women, step back for reproductive justice. I mean, reproductive justice. Think about that word. Again, it doesn't matter exactly what you think about abortion. Think about the way they use words, reproductive justice. Does that guy know what an abortion is? Does he know what an abortion is? Does he know what an abortion looks like when you do an abortion at six months? And that's reproductive justice and women's rights. And again, these are the same people who were forcing people to be injected with things 
a few months ago. Now they feel that the government has no right to do anything related to anyone's bodies. It's, it's rather extraordinary because when you don't have principles and you just have a sort of amorphous set of ideas, you can basically get people to say almost anything. Uh, but speaking of uh, people saying and perhaps doing almost anything, uh, immediately after this leak happened, literally within 20 minutes of the leak, there were barricades going up at the Supreme Court uh, and protesters were showing up outside the building. Okay, so first, you have an absolute right to protest in the United States. That is one of the most important things that you can do as a free person in a free country. And as long as those people remain peaceful, if they want to stay out there all night and day, that is just great. If they want to voice their opinion, that is just great and everything else. The second it turns violent, which undoubtedly it will, whether it's today or tomorrow or next week or somewhere else, uh, not outside the steps of the uh, Supreme Court building, et cetera, et cetera, then we got a problem. Um, what I found interesting about that is I wonder how many of those people that were out there even know what they're protesting. Because they, I think most of them think that abortion is now illegal. I don't think most of them think that it is just kicked back to the states and the state will make whatever decision it sees fit. So again, if you live here in Florida and this decision goes through and you are now pregnant and, and you have been raped, which is unimaginably horrible, or or you made a mistake, if that's the word you wanna use, or you find out that the, the fetus is going to have some debilitating disease or whatever your reasons are, you have 15 weeks to make a decision here in Florida, here in red state Florida, that is the law that they passed. And it was actually pretty uncontroversial here. You didn't see a ton of the, the blue people in Florida going crazy about it. You didn't see a ton of the red people saying, no, it needs to be six weeks. It was something that was roughly agreeable. And I, that's why I'm very proud to live in this state. And I think that that's a, a pretty fair estimation. Now, some of you may say, no, we want a 12. And there might be some of you that say want 18 and some of you may want six. And I get that some of you want zero and probably some of you want eight months. But again, we live in a society with a lot of different people and we have to figure out ways to maximize freedom across the board. So look, again, those people can protest and as long as they do it uh, peacefully, that's fine. Now, the problem is that you guys know this. The media and the administration, they are going to subtly make sure that the heat is constantly ramped up on this, right? This is just like what they've done all, we've shown you many videos over the years of uh, all of these Democrats constantly sort of winking and nodding at violence when it's their political violence. Um, and they're gonna constantly tell you that everything that Republicans do or conservatives do is backwards and is racist and bigoted and perhaps archaic, Jen Psaki? Uh, Amazon uh, told its employees today that they would be providing a new workplace benefit to allow workers to travel to other states if they need to for abortion procedures. Um, I'm curious um, what the White House thinks of that, whether that's something that is um, appropriate as there are more restrictions on abortion rights and, um, and whether that's something that unions should seek in collective bargaining um, negotiations. Sure. Um, well, I don't have any comments on a decision by a private sector uh, company. Uh, we know our view on the um, archaic 
uh, abortion laws that we've seen put into place uh, across the country in some states, far too many states. Um, I'm happy to check if there's more we have. God, that woman, I mean, yeah, she has no opinion on companies in the private sector doing things, right? Like, I'm pretty sure if it was a company doing something related to trans stuff or whatever, or gender identity or blah, 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 she'd have an opinion. Uh, but you see what she subtly did there, which is that these are archaic laws. These are archaic laws because people should have abortions at any time, whenever they want, because abortion is just good. Now, ironically, the question is the right one. Again, can a, can a company say, hey, if you work for us and we are based in this state, let's say we are based in Alabama, and I'm just using that as an example, and we are based in Alabama, you have a healthcare policy uh, in Alabama, are you allowed to cross state lines and get an abortion elsewhere if it is not allowed in Alabama? Now, of course, this is the beauty of the United States. And again, I would say to Barbara Streisand and Rosie O'Donnell and all of the blue check lefties, Rob Reiner and Mark Hamill, who are the other really horrible ones? Give me some horrible lefties. Eh, there's enough of them. Uh, pick your own horrible lefty, you at home. <laughs> Choose your own horrible Hollywood lefty. They can fund people getting on buses and mostly it's gonna be poor people and mostly it'll be people of color and they can bus them into California and they can put them up at the Four Seasons and they can have their abortions and then they can send them back because uh, that's what they, it would be doing something with your own money and your own resources. And again, that would allow people to get abortions if it is that important to you. Now, uh, you know, it's funny, yesterday I was really talking about how we're starting to win, we're entering this post woke world, there's a lot of good signs for all sorts of things. And so what's unfortunate about what's just happened, and especially again, because this has happened because of a leak, is that it's going to sort of make us take our eye off of some of the good things that are happening, say the mask mandates going away, say Elon getting Twitter, uh, all the good stuff, DeSantis fighting Disney, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and we're gonna all be focusing on abortion, which is which, because of the existential issues related to it, is something that is insolvable in some ways and intractable in so many ways. So it's gonna, like the hate is just gonna start bubbling up again, right? It's back, it's back, we, we have to acknowledge that. Um, but also what it's going to do is, this is gonna mask a whole bunch of disastrous policy stuff that the Biden administration has uh, been doing for the last year and a half, whether it's on censorship, COVID or student loans, we've got a little compilation for you. Um, it's not, the mandate is not to adjudicate what is true or false online or, or otherwise. Um, it will operate in a non-partisan and apolitical manner. Uh, it should not be lost on anyone uh, that uh, there is a dire need uh, for money uh, to continue to fund our needs uh, on COVID. On inflation, um, has the White House analyzed at all how much uh, sorry, student loan forgiveness would impact inflation? Uh, I, I know there's been outside an analysis of that, but I don't have any internal analysis at this point to so those are just like three examples of the disastrous stuff, whether it's the Ministry of Truth that they've now started to put together so that they can infringe on our ability to speak freely and the First Amendment rights, or whether it's just scaring us with more COVID nonsense, or whether it's uh, that they wanna take care of student loan, which just punishes people who actually paid off their debt, or for some reason you wanna pay off some rich kid who went to, uh, say Syracuse for 70 grand a year, you wanna pay off his $280,000 loan with other people's tax money. So they have failed us at virtually every level, right? Uh, but it's not just that, uh, those few things. Uh, we also have this disastrous inflation problem uh, and the immigration stuff, which is a disaster. 
And now this is all becoming a, a liability for Joe Biden. So it's suddenly like, well, wait a minute, if they feel they can fire up the base with the abortion stuff, perhaps that had a little something to do with the leak because the guy's got a whole bunch of problems. It says that the president's pollster is sounding the, and sounded the alarm about inflation and immigration becoming political liabilities, um, coupled with this new polling that is out today that shows that voters uh, trust Republicans more, believe they're more better, that they are better suited to handle both of these issues. So can you speak to how the administration is digesting this data, including these remarks from the pollster? And, and is there a sense right now that there needs to be some kind of course correction on these two issues, given that polling and the midterms being just six months out? Well, let me first say that um, that report was about um, a range of polling that goes back to last year, um, including before a, a number of events happened, whether it was the invasion uh, of Russia into Ukraine or even the um, the uptick of COVID that we saw um, late in the summer and into the fall, really primarily in the fall. Okay, so the point here is the administration has disasters at every level, the war in Ukraine, like just all of the stuff. We all know this, inflation, supply chain, okay, fine. So we have all these disasters all over the place. And one of the things that we now know for sure from polling, and I can tell you as a, as a humble author who just went on a book tour, when I meet people out on the streets and who come to my shows, uh, I'm meeting a huge amount of people who are now telling me, Dave, I was a lifelong Democrat just like you. I'm never gonna vote for a Democrat again. I'm not a lefty anymore. They either, I'm a sort of moderate conservative or I'm a libertarian or a classical liberal, some, some version of all that. But, but wouldn't it be interesting if, if the leak really was about scaring the shit out of those people, those people who have been on the fence, the Bill Maher types, who there's a huge swath of them. There's a huge swath of them. They've been silenced and they've been uh, cowed into irrelevance. But those are the people who could decide the next election, these sort of disaffected liberals who have had it with the progressives, who have been on their way to say becoming conservative, Republican, whatever whatever phrase you want to use on that, whatever la label you want to use, now this this thing comes out, and then that pushes them all back because abortion is just such a freaking personal, powerful issue, right? Uh, but the disaster is going to remain either way. So even and uh, and also I don't I just don't think you know we all have a set of issues. We all have let's say a list of ten things that are important to us. And we, we rank them, right? So for some people, foreign policy might be the first thing that's important to them. For something, some people, taxes are number four. Uh, for some people, states' rights are here or whatever it might be. We all sort of order that in our own brain, whether we're thinking about it or not. And those are the things that move us on voting. Um, they might get a whole bunch of people who had abortion pretty down low to now put that at number one. So it's a little hard to say which way this, this will move people. Uh, but... The issue is that we're all going to be talking about abortion and we got a whole bunch of other problems. Uh, there might be a uh, recession on the way. I think you put your finger on exactly the dilemma. You know, I think a recession is at this stage, you know, almost inevitable um, because they don't control supply. And we've seen how volatile supply can be with the uh, shutdown in China. Um, we also see uncertainty about oil prices up and down, et cetera. And so, you know, as I said earlier, it's a witch's brew. And the probability of a recession is, I think, unfortunately, very, very high because their tool is crude and all they can do is control arrogant demand. Uh, and by the way, you know, some people are going to be harmed earlier than others, uh, but, you know, they have no choice. They've got to maintain credibility, which to, to date they've done reasonably well.
That guy who we showed you right there on CNBC, that ain't nobody. That's former vice chair of the Federal Reserve, Roger Ferguson, basically saying that a recession is inevitable. So now, instead of focusing on, hey, what can we do to save the economy, which the Democrats and Biden have basically destroyed, we're all going to be screaming about abortion. And ironically, we're not even gonna be screaming about the honest issues related to abortion. We're just gonna be screaming whether abortion is legal or not, which again, has nothing to do with Roe v. Wade. So now I wanna link this to those good liberals because these are the people now that are, that I focus on them a lot, but really in some ways they are gonna be the key group now. They're gonna be the key group because they've been on their way to going in the right direction, but they might fall back because of abortion. These are the people that Biden needs, needs more than anything else. So you might remember, or no, this is just a few days ago. Uh, this is Joe, uh, Bill Maher. And I know I play a lot of Bill Maher clips, but I, I think you get why I do it. Uh, this is Bill Maher who keeps getting sort of most of the things right two years late, uh, talking about how bad uh, the Democrats have been on the economy. I tell you, the Democrats, they are in trouble. The economy shrank the last quarter. We didn't see that coming. And you know, when it shrinks two quarters in a row, that's a recession, plus we have horrible inflation. Sometimes I get the feeling the Democrats are uh, tanking on purpose to get a better draft pick next year. <laughs> I, I, I mean, inflation, gas, right? And food and rent. Have you seen the price of chimneys? They are through the roof. <laughs> That joke had been lying around for hundreds of years. Nobody picked it up. I, I picked it up. Okay, so you see, he's getting it. There's a lot of bad shit happening. And he's making jokes about it. They got like 20 writers for that chimney joke. Pretty good, okay, fine. Um, now this is the same Bill Maher who unfortunately voted for Biden, encouraged his uh, viewers to vote for Biden. And of course, you may remember this clip that I don't think he wants people to see anymore. This is when uh, that orange man was president and Marr wanted a recession because that would take out that orange man. All right, Josh, isn't the Fed cutting rates now just going to make the next economic downturn worse? What's your prediction? I've been hoping for a recession. People hate me for it, but yeah, it, it would get rid bad. of Trump, so you shouldn't hate me for it. I mean, recessions are really bad. People lose their jobs and their I know. And, we, and we shouldn't wish it's it. It's worth it. But uh, I, I don't, I mean, a recession's always possible. I don't see any particular reason to think that it's likely. I think, you know- Really? That, Aren't we overdue for one just no, this by is, the cycle of economics? This is such a misconception. People sort of feel like, oh, you know, well, about every eight years or something, you're supposed to have it. Re recessions don't come because they're due. Recessions come because there's some sort of overheating, something goes wrong in the economy. So he wanted a recession when it was gonna get rid of the guy that he hated. Then he gets the guy he wants and we're basically gonna have a recession. So once again, you're just always late to the party. Um, and I guess it's easy to call for a recession when you probably have a hundred million bucks. I don't know how much he has, but it's more than anyone watching this right now, more than me. Um, so you can, you can weather the storm on a recession, um, but now they're realizing how bad it is. But that's why this thing with the abortion thing is, is so nuts because was the whole machine just handed something that is gonna push everybody back into their old way of thinking about everything. So it's like, man, Mar, you're right on inflation. You're right on how bad Biden has been. You're right on free speech with him. You're right on all the woke stuff and CRT and the gender stuff. But is this gonna push those liberals back to the left? And the real question is to go back to his joke you know, he was basically saying, hey, are the Democrats tanking it so that they can get a better pick in next year's draft? 
Well, you know what, Bill? And this is the question, man. Okay, let's pretend it's next year's draft. You know what next year's draft is, 2024? It's most likely DeSantis on one side, and it's most likely Kamala on one side, right? Because it's not going to be Biden. So let's say it's DeSantis or Trump or Tim Scott or literally any Republican. Who are you going to vote for? Who are you going to draft? And I know you're going to draft the wrong guy because I basically have given up with you, but I haven't given up on the people that watch you. So that really is the problem. They might be tanking it. They might be tanking it intentionally because I think they want to destroy the system. But are you just going to always make jokes about the things that you help screw up two years later? This is what all the liberals have to figure out. Uh, but we've got more from NBC. This is not MSNBC. This is NBC, although it's basically the same thing at this point. This is Chuck Todd, who's a Democrat activist, pretending to be a, uh, an impartial host. Uh, and uh, he's realizing that the Dems are having problems because they've gone so bananas left. Taking a look at election results over the past few decades, it shows us a flashing warning sign for Democrats as the nation's urban-rural divide has deepened. Democrats have increasingly lost support in rural America. In 1996, then-President Clinton, he won a whopping 1,117 counties, rural counties, including all but 20 of Iowa's 99 counties. Basically, he won half of the nation's rural counties. But in 2008, Barack Obama won less than half of that, just 455 rural counties, even though he had won a popular vote by seven points nationwide. That's all the rural counties he could win. Fast forward to 2020, the numbers shrunk again. Joe Biden won just 194 counties. That's just 17% of the total that Bill Clinton won in 1996. And the latest NBC News polling shows you that the problem has not gone away. It's gotten worse. Trust me, Terry McAuliffe in Virginia knows this. Yes, Democrats have an advantage in the urban areas, 24 points on the generic congressional ballot. But as you move out geographically, the Democratic numbers shrink and the Republican numbers grow and grow big time. 34 points right now, the number appears to be growing. All right, so the point is Democrats have a lot of problems and did this leak and the way the media will frame it and confuse people as to what actually is happening and what Roe v. Wade actually is about and what's been going on in the states who have already decided to make their own laws around some of this stuff, does this just completely flip the board? And as I always say, you gotta give the devil his due. The system somehow always stays, stays one step ahead of us. And perhaps they did at this very moment. Uh, we shall see, but I, I just don't know. I don't think anyone fully knows. You know, when AOC, AOC says this thing about uh, the majority, the vast majority of Americans, was that AOC or was that Ilhan? Either one, this is the same woman. Uh, when they say that, it's like, I don't know that that's actually true. So maybe this will push people the other way. But man, liberals, Start getting it, start getting it. I have to say, guys, this is the funniest show we've ever done. Would you say this is the funniest show in terms of pound for pound laughter? Would this be the funniest? This was definitely the funniest show we've ever done. Uh, we got some comments from rubenreport.locals.com. Uh, Zionist says that Amazon has already said they would fund, quote, abortion tourism. Oh, and she gave us a link to a Reuters headline, Amazon to reimburse U.S. employees who travel for abortions $4,000. Look, you may not like abortion, but if you are happy, I, and I assume you are, that Roe v. Wade is going to be flipped and it's going to be kicked back to the states, uh, then the idea that a company could say, hey, if we exist in a place that does not allow abortion and we'll throw some money to allow somebody to go to that state, you may not love that. You may not love the personal choice of the company or the personal choice of the person, but I think hopefully you'd be able to accept 
the decision that they made with the, within their own capacity to make decisions, right? Um, so that basically would be okay. And again, I really don't think, I'd love to see some numbers on this and I assume we're gonna get them over the next couple of weeks. Like how many states truly without exception are gonna outlaw abortion? I think it's going to be very, very few. I think if Florida has done anything right and it's done an awful lot right, this 15 week thing makes a lot of sense. It really makes a lot of sense. And as I said earlier, it wasn't that controversial here because most people know it makes a lot of sense. Uh, Merica Mom says, this is all theater, just like the orchestrated release of the Kavanaugh Accuser. Uh, this is all about November. Yeah, I kind of think you're right. And that's why it's, it's so important. It's so important to figure out who leaked this. How did they do it? How did the political people find it? Was this a clerk? Was this a hack? Was this a justice? Was it a clerk in the justice knew or did not? Like someone's got to go to jail, be punished to the fullest extent of the law. The fact that this, we just added like an X factor into everything that's going on in this country right now. I think we can shut down COVID officially for a while. So that I guess is nice. Um, but yeah, messy, messy. And it does feel like theater. Like we're all, there's no business like show business, man. And we're all in a show and you have to just do your best you can the best that you can to stay sane uh, throughout it. Jeannie says, just got a ticket to Brea uh, and you're stoked. Very nice. I think there are literally, as when we started the show today, there were 10 t tickets left, uh, 500 seat theater. There were 10 tickets left, so it may be sold out already. Uh, Brea is with uh, Prager, Oxnard is with Larry Elder. Uh, uh, Phoenix is with Blake Masters and Charlie Kirk. Uh, Denver is with Brian Callen and San Jose is with Douglas Murray. And then finally, the big one. June 2nd with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Look at the red and the black and the white at the Plaza Live in Orlando, daverubin.com slash events. As always, guys, if you want to chat uh, with the community during the show, you can go to rubinreport.locals.com. And uh, once again, guys, we've got a cold close for you. And don't worry. You know, sure, this, this was, we were, there's a lot of big issues. No doubt about it. A lot happening in the country lot going on, regardless of what side of the issues you're on. At least we have Joe Biden in charge and he knows what's up. Parenthetically, if you think about it, what was the reason why we led the world beginning around 1905, six and seven and eight? Thank you guys for tuning in to the Rubin Report direct message. We're live on Rumble, Blaze TV and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Don't forget to review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And if you're looking for early and exclusive content, you can join me on Locals at rubinreport.locals.com.